Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And today, seeking something spiritual and meaningful amongst a culture that appears to have lost its guiding principles. At the end of the day, when you take a look around, you're just like, good grief, what's going on? <laughs> there appears to be a lot of wayward souls out there that can't seem to get right. There seems to be a lot of zealots and extremists out there. There seems to be a lot of unhappy people. And in a society, really, with the greatest comfort and ease we've ever had, you would really think there would be more instances of joyful outcomes than there are. So what is going on here? And so at the end of the day, I wanted to just talk by myself about my spiritual journey and dealing with my depression and finding my own spiritual comfort and joy in a world that sometimes when you're looking in the wrong place, looks wayward as fuck. Is it really going that crazy out there or is that just the way we interpret it? So we're going to talk a little bit about religion and we're going to talk a little bit about philosophies. Uh, that help you uh, learn and gain spiritual comfort and spiritual joy in this life. But at the end of the day, I am not trying to teach you uh, any new religions or any new philosophies that you haven't already heard. But rather, let's talk about our own internal struggle and how we, on a day-to-day basis, get through this life and find a happiness and joy and calm that endures. If you like the work that we're doing, please come on over to my link tree. It's www.linktree.com forward slash chef fry comedy. That's where you can find all of our tip jars, our Patreon, and all of our media sites, uh, the platforms for which you can listen to the podcast, whether it be Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, or more. They're all there at your disposal. So we're going to slow things down a little bit today and get personal and get real and talk about life and talk about emotions and talk about philosophies and spirituality in a way that I think you will really enjoy. Thank you for your patronage and let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy, and today I'm going to try something a little bit different. It's just going to be me today. Uh, Rebecca had to work, but uh, I wanted to do something a little different here. Um, As you guys know, I have been kind of going through this sort of spiritual malaise lately. It feels like depression, but it's not really depression. It's something else. You know, one moment I'll get super happy and excited and elated. And then the next moment I'm feeling kind of depressed and down and somber. And um, I've even gone so far as to think, well, gee, maybe I have like a little bit of manic depression or bipolar mania or something. But um, I don't think that's what it is uh, because I don't have these high, crazy high highs and these crazy low lows. It's more like... um, it feels like you're just feeling a duplicity of feelings simultaneously. I think you can be both sad and happy simultaneously. You can be happy uh, on, on a life level, but maybe sad on a spiritual level because there's something in your life that's sort of maybe missing or not as um, there and present and powerful as you'd like it to be. And the word spirituality is one of those weird things where 
as soon as you say the word, people sort of tune out because they think you're going to talk about religion and being saved and all that. And that is not what I'm talking about when I talk about spirituality. I'm talking about that deep meaning, that deep feeling that you get from life. However you do that, whichever way you choose to do that, it's different for everybody. But we all sort of want to find something that gives our life a, a, a meaning, a depth, and a quality of of, of, of sort of power and strength and a sense of, of wonder and calm, really, uh, uh, that uh, we can't always get from anything superficial. Uh, we, superficial things can, can give, uh, give us happiness temporarily, but inside our heart of hearts, inside our soul, if you will, uh, has to lie something stronger that endures. And so I'm tentatively calling this episode Seeking Something Spiritual and Meaningful Amongst a Culture That Appears to Have Lost Its Guiding Principles. And I don't mean that to say that everything is lost. I'm not saying that to say that everybody and everything is hopeless. Uh, there is hope, uh, but we have to find it ourselves. We have to take agency ourselves over our own happiness and our own our own uh, sense of uh, spirituality and uh, something deep and meaningful in our own life. And uh, that can be different for everybody, you know, because I've noticed that what I'm going through is uh, has been happening a lot lately and it lasts. Uh, uh, it's been lasting quite a while. Uh, it, it, it's like it, it, maybe it's been a few months now where I'm just bored by certain things. I am uh, can't commit to doing certain things. I'm constantly searching for meaning and something deeper. Um, it's like regular life and all the material things have lost its luster, and I'm looking for something on the inside uh, to fill that void, you know? And I think that's a normal thing for a lot of us. Um, I don't feel like I'm in any kind of danger or trouble, uh, I feel like maybe I'm just reaching the next level of ascension spiritually, if you will, trying to find that something that endures that you can hold on to and uh, keep with you all the time. You know, I feel like it's a feeling of something deep that you want uh, to endure o over the years. It's not something that's just going to fall away the minute you forget about it. So today I picked up my book here. It's called uh, Star Wars, The Jedi Path. <laughs> and as nerdy as that sounds, I know some people are like, well, that's not real. That's not religion. Religion's real. Well, I beg to differ. I want to read you guys something that I wrote on Facebook because it really does, I think, encapsulate what I'm feeling right now. So it says, religion is made up of a series of scripts, philosophies, traditions, codes, and dogmas. Who am I to say that the Jedi Order isn't just as useful as religions? They are all about finding love, balance, courage, and salvation in this mortal life. I do believe that they're all essentially made up. They all come from somewhere. So why would it be that any particular religion be religion be any more valid or real than another. The proof of all religion is sketchy at best. 
there's clear evidence that within the books of old-timey religions that there's a hodgepodge of truths and inaccuracies, some good lessons passed on and some things that don't make a whole lot of sense in the modern world. So at the end of the day, what is a religion really but a guide to a better life, to give homage to something or someone for gracing us with compassion, dignity, and mercy, and an established set of principles and guidelines to live by. It goes on, I fell out of Christianity not because it was any more or less genuine than another, but that it is established to worship and fear a God who appears to be loving and kind in one instance, and insecure and scornful in another. This is not proof of a deity, but more the proof of the superstitious interpretations of life and cause and effect of mortality by fearful and ancient people. At the end of the day, I don't care what others believe so long as they have a code of ethics, decency, and honor. My religion is no religion at all, but a mixture of science meets spirituality, a little bit of Jedi code, a little bit of Dudist philosophy, Wicca, even a little bit of that flying spaghetti monster, and the best teachings of Eastern and Western philosophical standards such as Buddhism, Hinduism, all mixed with the ethics of true Christianity. But make no mistake, I have no religion, and I serve no gods. But I do adhere to ethical standards and a natural order of the universe and nature, a mixture of all established philosophical norms that empower the mind, body, and spirit to live in harmony of nature and the cosmos and to treat people the way I want to be treated. So as silly as it seems, the Jedi path is just as good as any, I would think. So that's just a thing I wrote, you know, I'm just sitting here sort of trying to figure out something deeper, something more meaningful. What's going on with me these days? Really? What is, what is up? Um, am I having just old man, middle-aged mood swings, or is this something else? And I do believe that this is not a depression. This is um, a craving of something meaningful and deeper in a world that, you know, appears to be getting more and more shallow, more and more undisciplined, uh, more and more uh, just superficial and unhinged, really. And that's not to take away from the goodness that does exist in this world. There's plenty of great stuff left, but you have to go out and find it. You have to seek it. We have to be the interpreters of this world and to find that which is genuine and to find that which is meaningful and to discard that which really doesn't serve our best spiritual interests. But this episode is not about religion. It is not about finding or trying to pressure you into a certain spiritual belief. Um, this is just my journey. And I thought through talking about my journey, perhaps you too uh, might go, wow, you know, I'm kind of going through that as well. So that's what this is about. I want to just explore this and uh, talk about it in a way, because a lot of times we can't tell the difference between emotions and something deeper, something spiritual. Uh, we often just write it off as, oh, you're just going through a depression. Oh, you're just going through a spell. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe our souls are looking for some 
something that is missing, some void in our lives, you know. So I have a list here, like I always do, my show notes to kind of keep me on course a little bit. But first I have here my spiritual malaise, what I'm going through. Um, it's not dangerous. It's not extreme. Uh, I, I have had a lot of depressive spells much worse than this in my life. Um, but I find myself getting bored a lot. I find myself getting tired of the mundanity of life a lot. I find myself constantly searching for people and things that give me greater uh, knowledge, wisdom, maturity, uh, strength, empowerment, uh, and really spirituality. But when you're living in a world full of TikTokers and Instagrammers, <laughs> trying to find something deep and meaningful is kind of hard to find sometimes. I mean, we live in capitalism. Not exactly um, does capitalism seem to uh, uh, mix well with uh, our spiritual and uh, earthly uh, needs, really, as capitalism is not is is pretty much diametrically appro- opposed to uh, something that's deep inside of us because capitalism is all about the free market and the free market doesn't have any morals or ethics it just does whatever it does might makes right the more money you have the more buying power you have the more you can control your little uh, slice of the economy essentially. And so when you don't have a ton of money or you don't have a ton of things going on, um, people who have things come off kind of, you know, frankly spoiled. You know, just today I was reading about uh, Paul McCartney and he was doing a handstand. And I love Paul McCartney. I love a lot of celebrities. I am not some hater that hates people for having wealth or, or success or, or celebrity status. Um, but, uh, but we have to know, uh, you know, what we can learn from them and what we can't. And the thing about Paul McCartney as any celebrity is that they've, they're, they've been well off for a very long time. And so sometimes to the act, uh, the person who is seeking something deeper, uh, it can come off as kind of, I don't know, a little bit cheap, a little bit, uh, you know, superficial, you know, it's like I'd be happy and vibrant, too, if I had your stability, you know, and it's not to say that we should be jealous or or to not give them their proper uh, respect. We, we absolutely should. But at the end of the day, sometimes the world of haves versus have nots really does kind of uh, inform us on the fairness and uh, the possibility of whether there's a deity in charge of this or not, you know. And so I've just been seeking something to believe in. And I think we all are trying to seek something to believe in. Um, and uh, so I want to kind of talk about what it is that uh, I've been doing to sort of ease my soul and ease my conscience into feeling more joy, calm and happiness, frankly. But first, I wanted to tell you just a little bit. I've talked about it before that uh, I am what I, I, I identify as a spiritual atheist and humanist and a humanist is a secular uh, humanitarian in that there is no religion uh, but uh, you're guided by ethical principles of best practices for humanity and i could go into the long sordid 
tale of how I kind of fell out of religion. But really what it boils down to is that uh, I was starting to see sort of the um, fallacies of belief. Uh, Religion gets some things right, gets a lot of things wrong. And uh, frankly, you can tell that it was not written by a all-knowing deity, but was written by people that, uh, frankly, uh, never passed the science class. And so at the end of the day, I don't mean any disrespect, but I just mean to say that sometimes religion falls flat when you're looking for something relevant in the modern world. So when I fell out of religion, you know, I was doing everything right, or at least so I thought. I was going to church, I was praying, I was being a good person, I wasn't doing anything to sin. And uh, my life just got more and more complicated, more and more uh, cruddy. It just kind of, everything turned to shit right before my eyes. And I'm like, why is this happening right now? Is God testing me? And if so, why is he toying with me? I couldn't understand why God would want to toy with me in such a way. You know, the thing is, is that everybody interprets religion and the Bible differently. And so I don't mean any disrespect to those who believe in God, who believe in Christianity, who follow some religion. Uh, I'm just trying to tell you what I experienced. You know, I did read the Bible and um, I found a lot of the lessons really good. Moral lessons, fables that can uh, teach a moral lesson of how to live your life with conviction and bravery and empowerment, uh, all good things, really. But I also started seeing the parts where it says that the earth is, you know, five or 6,000 years old. Uh, I started to see, uh, you know, how religious people talk about dinosaur bones testing our faith. It's like good grief. It just makes you realize that um, perhaps a lot of religion is just... um, a hopeful optimism without a whole lot of reality. And uh, at the end of the day, it's not to pick on people who believe in religion, but really, have they really taken the effort to really dive deep into whether or not this is all accurate or not? Because for me, the parts of religion that just fall apart for me, aside from the inaccuracies in the Bible, is simply that... um, I couldn't understand why a kind and loving God is also scornful. Why does he care so much about me worshiping him? Little old me, why would a humongous, giant, ancient, wise God care whether or not I, frankly, worshiped him or not? It just felt very petty to me. It just doesn't make sense. And secondly, I just couldn't grasp the concept that he loves us, but he's going to punish us and torture us if we don't do as he says. It's like, really? Okay. You know, and that's the thing. When you hear the word God fearing, they're not literally talking about a fear of God, but a fealty to God. And I just couldn't understand how religion is trying to get you to stand up on your own two feet while simultaneously begging for mercy. I just find a lot of hypocrisy in those messages. It sends mixed signals, and I don't mean any disrespect. That's just 
how I've come to interpret things. And so I think, you know, Christianity worked for me for a, for a long time until I started really, really getting to the nitty gritty of, is there actually a deity there? And if so, why can't I feel it? Why don't I see it? Why don't I feel the supernatural presence of this awe-inspiring God that is supposed to, you know, help us and help us live better, more meaningful lives? I just wasn't seeing it. And as an empath, I really did think as a sensitive that I would be feeling more than I was feeling. And I was feeling nothing but a self-fulfilling prophecy of tricking my own mind into a world that really didn't exist. And I, over time, got to the point where I was like, what? Now what? Where do you go from here now that you fall out of religion? And, you know, it's it's been a, a, a life struggle uh, over time to really find what you believe and what you don't believe and uh, getting over the anger and the deceit that you feel and uh, trying really to find and, and capture something meaningful and deep in a world that's all really just trying to get us to believe what others believe. That's really what it boils down to is everybody believes something and they all want us to believe it too. And uh, at the end of the day, I was just, I wasn't buying it. I really do find it troubling that some of the most religious people, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of good ones too. So don't, don't freak out here. Um, but uh, the hypocrisy of those most extreme believers and uh, some of the ways in which they really don't seem to care about uh, decency or shame. It feels like uh, they live this life in God's favor, in God's mercy, while simultaneously being God's wrath. I just don't understand that. It's almost as though they read the Bible and they took it upon themselves to say, well, I'm one of God's disciples, I'm going to do God's work, and I'm going to be wrathful and scornful of those who I find are sinning uh, with, that, with a very loose interpretation of what sin really is. And, 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 and so at the end of the day, you see all these like Christians on the right that do outrageous, ugly things to people and then have the audacity to claim that they're doing these that they're that they're a good christian that they that they live and breathe for god and bettering our world when uh, all they're doing really is spreading hate i just don't understand that and so we have to be very careful in a world full of zealots and zealots is just anybody w with such an extreme belief that they think that they're immune to the rules that they set forth. You know, so at the end of the day, they believe everybody should obey the Bible but themselves because, well, I have the hotline to God. And so um, I, I'm his I'm his factotum. I'm his disciple. Uh, I, uh, the, the rules don't apply to me. Um, you know, this only applies to those that are less you know, worthy than me. And it's like, really? Okay. So I just find religion, you have to be very careful because some people get some very strange views from religion, frankly. You know, I see a world today and I'm no prude. You know, I don't get offended by nudity. I don't get offended by gore and violence, <clears throat> especially when it's fake. 
uh, as an empath, I don't like violent sports. I don't like uh, traumatic brain injuries that these football players and MMA fighters uh, succumb to. Um, but I'm not a prude about it, you know, uh, to each their own. You want to go out and get your brains bashed in. That's your business, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do see a world today, you know, because I'm like I said, I'm not really a prude. Um, I think there's plenty of of uh, people in our society that should have very healthy sexual orientations, uh, healthy beliefs about sexuality. And really, if you want to express yourself sexually in a way that's healthy, that is your business. And so I'm not a prude about it. Um, but I do see a lot of shallowness in the world and a lot of people just seemingly clinging to anything, uh, frankly, uh, to, I don't know, find their way, I suppose. You know, if somebody's broke and they need extra money and they want to do, you know, um, the OnlyFans thing and do nude live shows and all that, to each their own. It's not for me, not because uh, I'm against nudity, but because I'm just not a pay-to-play kind of guy. You know, my friends down back in the day took, we all went down to Mexico and they went to, you know, a whorehouse. And uh, I was like, no, thank you. I don't pay, <laughs> you know. Um, I just don't, I don't really get a big thrill out of, um you know, sex with strangers. No, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, my point is, is that um, there's nothing wrong with sexuality in our society. Um, it, you know, in fact, we should probably embrace healthy sexual beliefs and understand that uh, violence is much worse than nudity. Why do we freak out over uh, a boob on television more so than somebody getting their head chopped off by a by a sword or something. I, I never could understand why we care more about uh, nudity than violence. But, um, but I do understand that we want to protect children. We want to protect young people and we want there to be a, a baseline of, of, of moral decency in our culture. And uh, I think just the line is different for everyone, but I understand why we wouldn't want to have nudity on television. You know, we wouldn't want the, six o'clock news to be bare-breasted women doing their thing because, uh, frankly, it's unnecessary. And uh, secondly, um, young people uh, who are, uh, for the first time, experiencing sexual uh, feelings uh, don't know what to do about it, and they can become obsessive, and they can get into addictive uh, mentalities. And so I do believe that uh, sexuality, like anything, is a discipline that takes uh, time and uh, we have to educate ourselves in order to do it right. But when I think about the greater shallowness of our society, and I don't mean that as a prude, I just mean to say that, good grief, I mean, it just feels like there's a million spammers and scammers out there, a million of people uh, just not wanting to um, pay their dues, a, a, a million people and a million uh, things out there that just... Um, feel wayward and lost. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's plenty of people out there who are trying to be good people, but at the same time, there seems to be a, an overabundance of people just because our society is growing the way it is where they really do think that the song Wet Ass Pussy is, is no big deal. And while I don't have a problem with saying the words or 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 hearing the song, 
Um, it really does go into a mentality that I just don't understand. I don't understand why you would want to sing about your wet ass pussy. It's like, give me a break. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I do believe that our society is losing its wisdom. It's losing its uh, moral compass and it's losing uh, its heroes and its leaders. And uh, so it's hard for people to find what's true and genuine and good and real in this world. Um, and, and anytime you talk about that, people assume that you're, you're trying to be a goody two-shoe. No, no. I mean, you know, we should all um, experience life and learn our lessons, you know? You have sex for the first time. It's awful. It's awkward. It's weird. But that's what you go through, and it makes you a better person. Uh, the reason why I'm such a, a gentleman to women today is because I've, you know, burned through a handful of ladies with a one-night stand, and I realized that it's not for me. So, so you have to give young people the leeway to go out there and live life and learn and get drunk and get stoned and do drugs and have unprotected sex and do all the things uh, that allow you to um, later go, huh, I'm not sure if that's for me because eventually you might get an STD or maybe some girl hurts you or some guy hurts you or, you know, eventually we we age, we grow up and we learn uh, that that really isn't the way we want to be. And so it, it sometimes often feels as an older person that our society is led by youthful um Youthful excitability more so than uh, aged wisdom, we'll say. <laughs> but like I said, I'm no prude. I want people to go out and live their life and have a good time. And uh, if you want to go out and party and have fun, great. Just don't get trashed to the point where you end up in the hospital or passing out in a ditch somewhere. You know, it's about knowing where the line is, you know. But I think everyone should go out and experience life. And that's how you learn and that's how you grow and that's how you become a better person because you've been a bad person before. You've done bad things and you realize, huh, that's not really for me. And that's where I'm at. I'm at a plate point where uh, I've done bad things and I realize, no, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be known for that. I don't want to keep energetically bringing bad things into my life. I want to start pulling things into my life that give my life meaning and joy and a sense of calm, really, because uh, I think a lot of our uh, fears, our mortal fears, that's what religion's all about. That's what spiritual spirituality is all about. It's about trying to quaff those uh, innate sense of fears of mortality and death. We all know we're going to die. We all get sick. We all uh, lose friends. We all go through hardships and breakups and we get fired from jobs, bad things happen. And, uh, and so frankly, we want some kind of uh, a spiritual guide. We want some kind of supernatural safeguard against uh, the brutality that can be life. At the end of the day, I believe what it's all about is, is we all want something to believe in. I, I'm reminded of the counting crows. He says, in this song, uh, Mr. Jones, he says, um, let's see, let me find it. Um, believe in me, help me believe in anything, because I want to be someone who believes. Yeah, you know, 
at the end of the day, um, yeah, depends on how you grow up. You you might have been indoctrinated in religion at a very young age, and so you have that religion uh, that's always been there. And uh, for you, you know, that has always been a, a comforting thing. And so it's not about taking those things away from those who grew up like that. It's about if if that's not working for you, what else is there? Uh, because at the end of the day, um, pulling away from religion can be very traumatic. And so uh, at the end of the day, um, there is a, a website and a movement. It's called Recovering from Religion. Look it up. It, but if you are someone who used to be religious and you're still having fears of uh, hell and damnation, fear uh, of God judging or hurting you or something of that nature, um, pulling away from religion can be very traumatic. And so uh, if you are having problems, go to uh, look it up. It's called Recovering from Religion. And uh, uh, they have many, many tactics of helping people get away from the trauma that is pulling out of religion when you no longer feel the way you used to feel about it. But at the end of the day, I mean, what it boils down to is we all want to believe in something, something supernatural, something powerful, something uh, that transcends our mortal life and our mortal fears into something much more meaningful and powerful. And um, at the end of the day, the problem with that is that sometimes uh, in our quest to find something meaningful, we may get seduced by something that, frankly, uh, gives us a, a false sense of a power where the, we're, we're not bulletproof, you know, and so you may end up doing things uh, that where you think you're being protected by God, you're, you're letting Jesus take the wheel, in the meantime, you're crashing in a ditch because, frankly, you got to be responsible for your own health and safety. But like I said, you know, to each their own. This is not about picking on religion. It's about our own personal journey. And when I pulled out of religion, it just got real, man. I tried uh, being a uh, atheist for a while without spirituality, realizing that uh, it was all just a little too cold. It was all just too, a little too uh, matter of fact. Uh, it didn't account for these feelings I was feeling of needing something deeper and greater. Uh, at the end of the day, as much as we want to believe in science and reason and rationalism, we also have to account for that other part of us that is, um, you know, frankly, superstitious. Uh, we have a part of us that has, whether we have a soul or not, is irrelevant to a greater point that we we have a spirit in us that wants to believe in, in, in something that uh, tr transcends us to a higher level. And that's what, you know, spirituality is for me. And I realized over time, that's what I needed in life. I needed to uh, incorporate something uh, spiritual into my life uh, so that I wasn't, um, frankly, emotionally dying on the vine. I needed that spiritual nutrition to feed my soul. And uh, that's where, you know, a lot of music and uh, like Bob Marley, for, for, for example, uh, there's a ton of stuff out there. But, um, but that's where music kind of satisfies that emotional need to uh, reflect on life and to uh, put it in uh, terms that we can, uh, frankly, uh, 
not be afraid of it and, and put it in terms that we can relate, put it in terms where we can manage this life. So just for fun, I want to tell you guys about what I was reading today. Uh, the book is called uh, The Jedi Path, and it's basically a, a chronicle of Star Wars canon, um, and uh, it really goes into great detail. It's kind of like the, the Jedi Bible, if you will, and here it says the Jedi Code. For 40 years, the Jedi Code has been my focus, as it will become yours. It is the philosophy upon which stands the Jedi Order. It is a pledge of protection to the citizens and inhabitants of the Republic. It is an encapsulation of our relationship with the Force. As a Jedi, you must be faithful to the spirit of the Code. Every day you must ask yourself, do I understand it? In its classical form, as trans transcribed by Hominix Rectonia during the early Mendirian period, the code consists of five core precepts. The first one here says, There is no emotion, there is peace. This principle guides all meditations and interpretations with all others. It reaffirms the Jedi ideal to act without recklessness, and to view the actions of others through the pure lens of the unifying force. So that's really helpful to, to regular people. Uh, religion does that too, where basically we, we have to find a way to master our emotions so that our emotions don't make us uh, scared or fearful or act in some kind of foolish or reckless way. Number two is, there is no ignorance, there is knowledge. Those who don't understand this basic precept are quick to fear, and fear is the path to the dark side. The archives represent the greatest collection of knowledge in the galaxy. So I think we can all agree that knowledge is important, and the, um, the uh, attainment of knowledge is really at the forefront of our human mind and spirit. Number three, there is no passion, there is serenity. A subtle exploration of the first precept, this reminder to act dispassionately in every deliberation extends to personal obsessions and is a reminder not to elevate the self above the mission. So while that might sound like we have to be dispassionate, I think what they're saying is, is don't let your passions uh, uh, rule you to the point where you... Uh, behave in ways that are foolish, frankly. And so what it's trying to tell us is that in every deliberation or in every situation, no matter who we're talking to or no matter what the circumstance, uh, we can act with a sense of uh, strength and a sense of uh, knowledge and a sense of wisdom to carry ourselves in a certain way where we're not fearful or afraid, uh, but we are in charge and in control of our emotions. Number four, there is no chaos. There is harmony. Those who cannot see the threads uniting all life view existence as random and without purpose. The Jedi perceive the structure and will of the many galaxies. And so that's the thing, you know, uh, I think a lot of our anxiety comes from this understanding that the world feels random. The world feels like it's full of chaos. And so how do we find the order 
how do we find the meaning uh, in life in this abundance of chaos, frankly, you know? Number five, there is no death, there is the force. All things die, but the force lives on. As beings who exist as shades of the force, the end of our existence in the form is not to be overly mourned. We are part of an energy larger than ourselves, and we play roles in a cosmic fabric that outstrip our incarnate understanding. And so I think what they're trying to say is, is have faith that uh, our uh, that we will return to something greater than ourselves when we die. And uh, how you know that's not too unlike uh, modern religion today. And uh, I don't find there to be anything wrong with that. I myself uh, believe that we are made up of energy. And energy is intention. And uh, when we pass on, I think our energy rejoins the universe. Uh, to what effect, I don't exactly know. But, uh, you know, I think we can take comfort uh, that it joins the universe and hopefully, um, you know, goes where it's needed, perhaps. I don't know. And then lastly, it says the upper Mandarin and drag gulch, drag gulch, I don't know that word, transcriptions add more and controversial tenets, but the Jedi need only to remember the core teachings to live their lives as gifted yet humble defenders of justice. And I can tell you as a soldier and Boy Scout, that is exactly what I think I am. I am a defender of justice. Uh, No more, no less. To be uh, hopefully guided by uh, clarity and purpose in uh, creating better joy and justice in this world. Anyways, but that's just the Jedi path. And, you know, frankly, I don't see how that could be uh, any uh, uh, less valuable than some of our most famous Bibles. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, these ancient scripts, a lot of them have proved to be fake. Uh, A lot of the things that are written in the Bible were written by man. Uh, and sometimes they serve a really great moral lesson, and sometimes they can be a little bit, you know, uh, unfounded. Frankly, we found a lot of inaccuracies in the Bible, but, you know, it was a time before we had learned about science and uh, the modern technologies we have today. But at the end of the day, I do believe that the energy around any philosophy like the Jedi Path or Christianity is one that has good intentions, but sometimes can create unintended bad consequences if uh, we don't use it correctly. And at the end of the day, I think that's what's going on in our world today is that there's a lot of people with very loud voices with a a pedestal to stand on where they can uh, talk at the top of their lungs anything they want and uh they we now are living in a society where everybody has a voice uh just that not every voice is necessarily worthy of listening to there's a lot of people out there who don't have the inner agency or discipline to know what they're talking about and so we have to be careful sometimes when people have become radicalized by certain things uh, in the name of good. We have to be careful of those quasi-Christians who uh, spread messages of hate, for example. But that isn't to say that there aren't plenty of great, good Christians out there. Um, I believe every religion has 
uh, people that uh, take it seriously, who learn from it, who grow from it, uh, that do it right, frankly. And uh, I have no problem with people going to church and getting that sense of goodness and clarity and wisdom and community out of religion. That's what we all need, frankly. Just that I don't necessarily agree with uh, some of the assertions that they claim. I don't necessarily believe that the deity they say exists really exists. And so at the end of the day, I had to, you know, go on this challenging path of finding myself. I was comfortable in religion. I was comfortable in my Christianity. But at the end of the day, it boiled down to, I don't believe this guy really exists. And I'd like to know what's real. And um, that doesn't mean that I don't think that the teachings are great. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Jesus Christ, the figure. The historical figure. I just don't know whether it all really went down that way, but if it did, hey, that's terrific. But I do have some questions about that because at the end of the day, it does feel like a, people just sort of made this stuff up as they went along. And uh, sometimes the Bible just, frankly, to me, no offense, reads like Mad Libs where it's just like, uh, uh, now there's a burning bush. Okay. But I wanted to read the Jedi path because at the end of the day, like I said, I am searching for answers. I think we're all at a point. We all arrive at a point where regular stuff just isn't doing it for us anymore. You can get great pleasures out of great many things in this world. Everything from movies to books to our friends to our job to whatever. Uh, there's a million interesting and fun things in this world, but at a... but. It, if we're feeling empty inside uh, and we're feeling this void in us, we we kind of become interrupted, kind of like that uh, movie Girl Interrupted. We become interrupted for a time and we sometimes have to find ourselves before we uh, continue on and feel whole again. You know, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're all looking for some kind of cosmic balance, cosmic justice some arbiter of justice to make us feel like the world makes sense and that uh, justice is served. Or there's a lot of unfairness, injustice, and inequality in this world. And so uh, it can be very appealing, frankly, to get into religion because it makes us feel like there's a God out there, some arbiter that is doing the work for us uh, in some supernatural way to create greater uh, justice and better outcomes for people in a world where, frankly, we sometimes feel abandoned. Sometimes we just feel like uh, when we're depressed that we're alone by ourselves in this journey. And even though there could be a hundred people around us, we still feel alone on the inside because those mortal questions that we have haven't been answered yet. We have not satisfied that deeper uh, reflection on what really is life and what really is this all about? And are all these superstitious stories real? What's really going on here? And so to question religion is not to disrespect it. It is to ask, is this real? And if not, what is real? That's what it's all about. It's not about dishonoring or disrespecting the moral tenets and the moral philosophies therein. I think there's some really great fables inside of religion that teach really good lessons. But at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily prove that there's a deity. At the end of the day, we all need something to believe in. And uh, a lot of people hang their hat on religion. 
Some people hang their hat on atheism. And uh, for a long time, I did too. There is a comfort in uh, telling the world, you know what? I don't believe all that. Uh, I believe that this is this world that we are born and that we die, and that's all there is to it. And there is no greater purpose to life other than what we make it. And I do believe that that can be uh, very unsettling for some uh, and, and very comforting for others, depending on what you need and what you believe. For me, yeah, there's a comfort in atheism because it gave me a clarity and control. It helped me to look at the world through scientific eyes and to dispense with the, the rumor mill that creates this huge, huge hodgepodge of belief systems that, um, frankly, are vast and confusing. I, I really needed clarity and purpose and, and to cut the crap cake, if you will, of all the things that uh, we can't really prove. Uh, at the end of the day, it gave me clarity and purpose. But then uh, over time, I started to realize that what I was neglecting was this inner joy, this inner feeling that something meant something in this world. You know, I still today very much struggle with um, whether or not human beings whether there's any real joy or any real meaning to life other than what we make it. And sometimes that's not always enough. I do believe that uh, we have to get uh, our life in balance. We have to get our life in control. Uh, that's uh, psychologically, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We have to balance this life in a way that uh, works for us so that we are healthy and living robust lives. And I think, um, you know, based on your upbringing, based on your intelligence, based on uh, many factors, uh, some things might work better for others than some. Uh, you know, religion seems to comfort many, many people. And, uh, you know, it did for me too for a very long time until I realized, why is God forsaking me all the time? It seemed like a prayer only worked half the time. And so I'm like, what did I do to, you know, not curry favor in this very important situation? Uh, God seems to be granting my wishes when, uh, when they're little tiny things, but never granting my wishes when it comes to something greater. And that's when I realized that uh, perhaps this is all made up in my head. Perhaps this is just a self-fulfilling prophecy that we wish to be true because it comforts us. And at the end of the day, it's not about, you know, crapping on people who believe these things. It's about, you know, when are we going to do the work to do what it takes to really come to new conclusions about what life is, what we are, and how we can uh, traverse this life in a way where we feel emotionally comfortable and emotionally uh, relevant and uh, we feel passionate, we feel joyful, and we feel this love and ease of life. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not feeling an overabundance of ease in life these days. And you would think if God was real, there would be more reason to believe that God was real because he would be uh, perhaps helping more people. And when I see the vast, vast majority of people out there suffering, I just wonder, uh, perhaps we're making this up just to satisfy this childlike whim to want to believe. But again, this is not about crapping on those who believe. It's about trying to find what's right for you. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I 
often struggle with depression. I often struggle with finding meaning and purpose in a world that is largely unfair, frankly. And, um, and I've really made great strides in finding uh, my loves, my joys, my purpose, uh, uh, my clarity. Uh, but still, to this day, I still find uh, life to be very, very unfair. And, uh, you know, I had to wrestle with that for a very long time. Why are some people born with all these amenities while some have none? Why are some children born with cancer to die at three while others live to be 80 years old? Uh, there's a great inherent injustice in all this. And uh, frankly, that's hard to get around sometimes. And that's why I think we go into religion is to find some cosmic justice, uh, especially, you know, in a way we want to smite those who hurt us. We want to smite those who uh, don't uh, share our values. But at the end of the day, um, Look at look at all the evil and corruption in our world. Doesn't really really feel like God is um, <laughs> making a lot of headway to get rid of the bad people and the bad things in this world. And so we have to find something else. You know, my my grandfather was an agnostic, probably an atheist, but he never talked about it. It wasn't a philosophy for him. It wasn't anything deep. It was just a eh. He just thought it was horseshit. <laughs> and um, when he died, um, I'm sure just like when anybody dies, there's a moment of fear uh, followed by a moment of acceptance. And that's what death does is that we become very scared at first. And then uh, once we realize that it's uh, <clears throat> unavoidable, we sort of come to terms with it uh, before we go. And um you know, but at the end of the day, he was just, he was one of those chill dudes who just didn't need a whole lot of deep, meaningful uh, philosophies to live his life. He just did what he thought was right. And he was a good father. He was a, a provider for three children. And uh, he was a good grandfather to me. And he had really good morals and values. Just that um, he was a no-nonsense World War II vet who didn't believe in a bunch of hogwash. And I think the reason that is, frankly, is because he grew up with a mother who was deeply, deeply religious. Um, but he, he um, I think he felt uh, anger uh, that she would push her religion and her wrath of religion onto him, uh, especially when he was too young to uh, understand it or understand uh, how to satisfy his mother's commitment to re religiosity. And so I think over time, he just grew to sort of go, no, <laughs> sorry. You know, uh, people don't like when their uh, beliefs, when other people's beliefs are pushed onto them. And so at the end of the day, uh, I have no problem with Christianity or any religion for that matter. But at the end of the day, um, I just don't feel an overabundance of love or joy or presence that some deity is out there fixing our problems. And that's unfortunate. And that's why I started this podcast because I wanted to really do the legwork in uh, helping people and to feeling better and to finding joy and purpose. And uh, I am not trying to take away your belief systems. If you believe in God and religion, by all means, please do. Uh, just that, you know, sometimes that doesn't work for all people. 
but as I've talked uh, on previous uh, shows, uh, I'm getting into this guy called Sad Guru. Uh, he's a Indian yogi master. Uh, he's a yoga master. And he's a really kind of interesting guy because um, he, he, he will straight up tell you that he's not uh, a God-fearing person, that he is a, a person of pragmatism and science and reason. Um, but at the same time, he's also a person with deeply held spiritual views and philosophies that can only be regarded as somewhat uh, religious in nature, if you will. And uh, we've been uh, reading this uh, book called Inner Engineering by Sadhguru. And uh, it's really interesting because it talks a lot about the difference between the inner world that we uh, feel and uh, live in and the external world that makes up what we see and what we experience and how we can uh, perhaps find greater clarity and purpose internally by not uh, being a reactionary to everything in the outer world, but maybe uh, perhaps being having a more mindful responsibility of figuring out how to process those things that we view visually and auditorily. So that's just a fancy way of saying that uh, the world that we see out there, no matter how good or bad, um, uh, really has very little bearing on us internally. And so we have to learn to create a rich, healthy uh, uh, feeling of love and joy within us while dispensing with the external world because other people and their problems are not necessarily our business. Now we can make it our business if we want to help, you know, we should become the lovers, the helpers, the carers in this world. I talk about that all the time, but um, I think what he's talking about is a sense of agency of what our responsibilities are and what our responsibilities are not. Because at the end of the day, we have this tendency to overreact to the world and its dysfunction and chaos. And so the path, he says, is not to keep searching outward uh, forevermore, looking for answers, but to find it within ourselves. So at the end of the day, it's not about changing the entire world to suit our sensibilities. It's to... Uh, basically uh, do a work inside ourselves so that we find inner peace and harmony. And I really like that point of view. And the truth is, is that um, I've read so many things about spirituality. I've, I've uh, read uh, the new Testament. I've read the satanic Bible, by the way, it's not as evil as it sounds. It really is not. Uh, it's this guy named Anthony LaVey. He was a dude, he was kind of a satanic guru of sorts back in the 60s and 70s, and uh, he had a philosophy uh, of, um, you know, uh, of living his life a certain way without guilt or shame. And so really what it was about was battling the inherent uh, Judeo-Christian guilt and shame that we are strifed with living in a Judeo-Christian society, that we don't have to live with all the shame and the guilt of being human, that nudity is natural, that uh, wanting to get ahead is natural, and that we shouldn't feel ashamed of having certain needs. And for 
you know, Satanism, I think that's pretty fucking wise. <laughs> now, but the thing is, is I'm just not one of those people that gets into things hook, line, and sinker and decides, oh, I'm a Satanist now. Uh, I read the book and I thought, yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I agree with some of what he says because he uh, teaches you not to be afraid. He teaches you to not have and exhibit so much guilt and fear of God and fear of wrath and fear of hell uh, to live your life robustly and uh, to to be a go-getter and not be ashamed of being a go-getter, that, that there's nothing inherently wrong or evil about success. Um, and, and, and um, you know, I think there's a, a good point to that. Um, I do think that some people do it the wrong way. Uh, but in a general sense, uh, everybody out there is getting theirs. Why can't we get ours? So I do think that there's a lot of utility into, you know, Anton LaVey's satanic philosophy. You know, and I've also read this book, The Jedi Path, and there's a lot of really good things in there that we can learn to master our emotions and to master our world in such a way uh, that we create an internal uh, core system of values, a code, if you will. And uh, without a code, um, you know, frankly, it's just uh, too many people, I think, uh, succumb to um, the treacheries and the chaos of this world. And a lot of people, uh, without a major moral or ethical code, um, can, can, can easily uh, go, go astray, if you will. You know, uh, what do they say in religion? Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the sheep uh, loses his flock, if you will. I wanted to end this today uh, about uh, what my views are about religion and spirituality and light and love and energy and intention. Um, at the end of the day, I don't know what the ultimate reality is. I have a feeling that uh, religion is getting it wrong you know, there's a, uh, what, 500 religions out there and everyone uh, claims that the other ones are wrong. So maybe there's great stuff to be derived out of it. Uh, but, but are they ultimately right in their assertions about a deity? Uh, well, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's up to uh, you, the, um, the, the person. But when you boil it all down, what it boils down to is um, the world feels like a chaotic place. It doesn't always feel like it's ruled by a loving God. And um, what people believe to get through is uh, entirely up to them. And I'm not here to change your mind. But you do feel this sense that the world is going astray, that the world is being ruled by... Um, people and systems that uh, are, are frankly may, maybe not all that good for us you know we hail capitalism as being uh, almost akin to godliness you know the free market but is it really that free i mean it's it's free for rich people but is it free for poor people i don't really think so and so uh, when you're living in a capitalist society um, it can get increasingly harder to live as a capitalist and a Christian at the same time unless you amend some things to make it easier for you to you know to to walk the righteous path. In other words, you look at uh, some of these like Christian um, 
conservatives, these evangelicals who uh, believe that it's quite all right to attain wealth all you want. Uh, you know, and when there's a storm uh, and uh, people are uh, having to evacuate, uh, it's quite all right to turn, uh, close your doors to your church and uh, keep them from coming in because you don't want your carpet uh, messed up because you just got new carpeting put in on Tuesday. Uh, that's what happened to Joel Osteen in the church there in Texas, is that uh, there was a major uh, storm. Uh, people were having to evacuate, and uh, they didn't let people in because he was afraid of his uh, carpet getting dirty. And uh, while I do believe that there are some dollars and cents involved in spirituality, there are certain realities that we have to... Um, you know, churches have to pay rent and pay the bills too, but at the end of the day, being a tax-free, exempt uh, status, uh, you really shouldn't be turning your flock away uh, in their time of need. And I just thought that was so fucking telling uh, that uh, he believes in capitalism and wealth, but he doesn't necessarily believe in charity uh, unless it suits him. And, um, you know... At the end of the day, I used to follow Joel Osteen. I used to like his sermons. I kind of, I still like the guy in terms of his personality. He's got got kind of a ah shucks Jimmy Crack Corn uh, Southern gentlemanly twang about him, and I think he comes across as a very genteel and nice fellow. But at the end of the day, I mean, all the books and all the wealth um, is he serving God's best interest or is he serving his own best interest? I often wonder. Uh, and that's not to say that there aren't churches doing it right, though. You know, there's a lot of churches doing it right. But when I hear stories of people entering a black church and shooting everyone in sight, well, where was God during that? I mean, in the house of the Lord, uh, people are getting gunned down in violent, horrific attacks. and uh, And so I just got to the point where I started believing that uh, God wasn't solving our uh, mortal queries fast enough for my liking, frankly. <laughs> you know, uh, they say God helps those that help themselves. Well, isn't that convenient? Because uh, at the end of the day, it's true. It is true. God does help those that help themselves because people who help themselves tend to have a better life than people who don't help themselves. And so if we can't rely on God in our time of need, when can we? I just don't know. But I'm not cynical. I'm not angry. I'm not bitter. I just often wonder how we can live perpetually in this cycle of religion and religiosity when we're living in a society that doesn't make sense anymore. And there's just massive, massive violence in our culture uh, and uh, uh, apparently the only solution is thoughts and prayers. And that's that's what they want to give us, fucking platitudes. And so getting back to the main uh, point of uh, what I wanted to end with here today is um, it doesn't matter where you get your spirituality, just so long as uh, you uh, walk the walk and talk the talk and be genuine and true. And when you do fucked up shit, you know, maybe own up to it. You know, that's the problem with a lot of people is they, 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 they think that they're immune from doing wrong because they're in league with 
something that is perpetually good. And that's just not how it works. In fact, I would venture to say that if you're uh, with God and you are uh, basically a, acting as a servant of God, you have a greater responsibility to do good, not a lesser responsibility. But a lot of people just don't understand um, how to see themselves in the bigger picture of being an agent of God, agent of good. And so that, that made me kind of cynical. I realized that the there was a lot of good Christians out there, a lot of good people of all religions. But at the end of the day, I was fe- coming up empty afterward. Too many uh, unanswered questions, too many uh, inconsistencies, and just too many things that weren't um, addressing all of the things that were going wrong in our society and culture today. And so I learned that at the end of the day, you got to find a philosophy that works not just in the best of times, but in the worst of times as well. But in the beginning of this, I was talking about my um, depression. I was talking about the possibility of this uh, duality in me of extreme joy and extreme sadness being possibly manic depression or bipolar mania. But what I really think it is, is it's just a greater wisdom of being an adult. Uh, we can be simultaneously joyous and uh, miserable simultaneously. It just depends on what we're looking at. It depends on what we're thinking about. It depends on what we're going through. And so if people get joy out of religion, by all means, I don't want to take that from people. But for me, I needed some answers that could uh, really uh, hold up to scrutiny in the modern world with everything that you see. But I wanted to end with, you know, the other day I was, um, I just welled up with a sense of joy. It just came. Just comfort and joy. And uh, the sad guru talks about how uh, we can uh, embody love, that we aren't love, but we can become love simply by feeling it, simply by bringing it about. We uh, embody the spirit of love and uh, joy, and uh, that, that life is joy when we learn to excise the hatred, excise the chaos, excise the bad stuff, and to really embody the spirit of love and joy. And I know that sounds corny sometimes. You know, it's, it, it's like, really, Brian, really? But think about it. You know, emotions are um, usually an indicator of something going right or wrong within us. They're an early warning system to something that might be going wrong. And so at the end of the day, when things are going right and we're welling up with this love, this joy, this appreciation inside of us, we shouldn't waste it. We should share that and we should try, as if we can, to make that last as long as possible, I think. And so what it boils down to is all the feelings that we feel are valid. Our feelings of love are valid. Our feelings of joy are valid. Our feelings of fear our feelings of anger are valid. And so we should never get into this uh, idea or this mentality that we have to push away our feelings. We should lean into them and figure out what they want. What are they trying to tell us? At the end of the day, I don't believe in God. 
I don't believe that God will curry favor with us one way or the other. I don't believe he will smite me for talking about him. I do not believe that he exists, and therefore I am not afraid of God or Christians or anything they have to say. That said, I believe that people should live their lives the way they see fit, so long as it's bringing uh, about good outcomes. Who am I to say what's wrong or right? You know, I started to... Upon all my teachings, whether it be in religion or Wicca or Buddhism or the Jedi path or even uh, the sad guru in this book, Inner, Inner Engineering, I started to try to pay attention to patterns. I've talked about patterns. Intelligence is this ability to see patterns and to use your understanding of patterns to avoid danger, essentially. And so I, I wanted to figure out what... What are some of the commonalities of all of these philosophies? You know, because at the end of the day, it boils down to uh, everybody has an interpretation or a reinterpretation of what's the best way to live their life, spiritually speaking. And I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their life or what religion they should choose or what philosophy they feel is best for them. But the things that I learned in uh, the Jedi path, the things I've learned from en- inner engineering, uh, the things I've learned uh, from uh, religion and Wicca and all kinds of uh, disciplines is that um, at the end of the day, um, there's a few repeatable phenomenons that make a lot of horse sense, you know? And the one that I keep coming back to is uh, mastering your emotions. You know, emotions are there for a reason, but if we don't learn to master our emotions, uh, not only master our fear when we're afraid, but also to master uh, uh, our uh, anger when uh, somebody we don't like is around us, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, mastering your emotions is important because I do believe that there's a very deep connection between our inner emotions and our spiritual life. That when we find inner calm, we find uh, inner wisdom. And when we find inner wisdom, we are uh, receptive to grow. When we're always angry and upset because we've become what? We've become reactionary rather than responsible for what we see out there in the world. Uh, Instead of uh, responding to it responsibly, we react to it irresponsibly. And so emotions play a great role role in our inner health and our inner sanctity of life and so it would stand to reason that you know getting our emotions under control is a great uh, first step in uh, finding inner peace and uh, sanctity to life to find inner joy uh, you know you can't live a happy life when you're always unhappy when your thoughts are always betraying you but that being said that doesn't mean we should dispute dis- disregard all of the things that scare us or disregard all the emotions that aren't fun, uh, but maybe to uh, figure out what they're trying to tell us and then responding accordingly. But I've told you guys before, I don't come across and I try not to be some guru or some influencer or some perfect person. Everybody today is going to tell you how great and smart they are, that they've mastered life and all these disciplines and uh for 1995 you can learn my secrets and 
That's just a bunch of horse shit. That's the problem with people. It's it's arrogant to assume that you've got shit figured out. I don't think anybody's got jack shit figured out. We know what works best for us, and we try to share that with others. But to to, to have this uh, arrogant belief that we have mastered life or that we have something that uh, is so special that it, it that we're going to I'm going to charge you money to teach it to you. I don't know. There's just something inherently weird about that, I think. And that's not to say that we can't write books and sell books and all that. Uh, but when you tell people that you are a guru, when you tell people that you uh, have all the answers, uh, chances are they're selling you a bunch of baloney, quite frankly. I think the thing I want to, you know, end on is that um, religion, uh, any philosophy that deals with spirituality, there's a lot of commonality, and um, it's about mastering your emotions. It's about uh, feeling uh, joy and comfort and calm. It's about not flying off the handle, and it's about really. Counting your blessings. And, you know, I've said this many times before on the show that um, I love my life and I love and count my blessings every single day. But that doesn't mean that you don't grow impatient for more. And so, you know, how you deal with those unsettled feelings uh, really makes up the difference on whether you're happy and joyful or you're going to live the rest of your life angry and spiteful that you don't have what you want out of life. I think attaining those things, uh, first of all, you have to ask yourself, do I really need all those things to be happy? But second of all, if you do feel like you need those things, I think the path is to uh, slowly uh, make your plans, create a, a worksheet for yourself and how you're going to attain those goals if you believe those are things are important enough uh, to create true happiness, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, how, how much do we really need? You know, we need food, we need water, we need hydration, we need comfort, we need warmth, we need dry clothing. Uh, once all of our physical needs are met, uh, then we need uh, a sense of uh, validation and love, uh, friendship and joy. Uh, and so, uh, how much of those things are going to be attained by getting that master's degree and getting that power career um, is up to the individual. I personally have met a lot of people who have higher degrees who are fucking miserable because they, they don't, they might have the intellectual intelligence to um, be a intellectual powerhouse, but they don't have the spiritual intelligence or the emotional intelligence to really know what to do with it. But at the end of the day, you guys, you know, uh, whether it be the sad guru or Yoda or any number of old wise philosophers, uh, Gandhi would be one. Uh, there's a bunch of people out there who I think are doing it right. Uh, but notice that they all share common traits, which is don't take this life and don't take yourself too seriously. That is the wisest fucking thing I've ever learned. And really, you guys, it boils down to, man, do not take yourself and do not take this life too seriously. You will never get out of this shit alive. <laughs> because at the end of the day, we can't control 
the universe. We can't control everything out there. We can only control ourselves. We can only control what's inside of us. And so we, we try to fill ourselves with nutrients, you know, whether those be uh, physical nutrients or spiritual nutrients. Uh, we, we try to fill ourselves with good stuff. And usually uh, there's, there's an old philosophy, garbage in, garbage out. When you take in garbage, you will become garbage, and therefore what you put out is garbage. So uh, avoid that. Avoid that by putting good things in and, and, and in turn putting good things out. That doesn't mean you can't eat Doritos and pizza and chili dogs from time to time. It just means uh, don't live your life uh, with a constant uh, feeling that you have to constantly satisfy every whim that you have. You know, some people live pretty shallow, pretty trite lives, and whether they're happy or not, it's hard to be hard to know. But for me, um, it's not about how much money we have. It's not about what you have around you. It's about the inner sanctity and the inner longevity of your thought processes, and uh, really to live your life with a sense of joy and to emanate that joy outward. That's what it's all about. I am not always happy. I am not always content. In fact, I deal with a lot of my own personal demons. But what I will say is that I'm at an age now where I'm above the influence. I'm above the influence to be like others. I'm above the influence of drugs and alcohol. I'm above the influence of feeling like I have to satisfy other people. I'm at a point where I am trying to make this life as good as it can get for me. And sometimes what we want for ourselves, uh, others around us might think that is a slight to them. But they, you know, people who want to change you aren't your friend. The people who love you and care about you will want what's best for you. And you have to uh, tell them, hey, this is what I want. This is what makes me happy. And if you love me, you would, you would respect that. And, uh, and so that's what it's all about is doing what's right for you. Be damned the consequences. Let the cookie crumble as it may. Let the chips fall where they may. When you do the right things, when you do what's right for you in your heart and soul, only good things will come of it. And wherever your life leads you because of that, it might lead you down a course of, well, I gave up a good job and now I'm not making as much money and therefore I have to live in a crappier apartment or I have to drive this older car. Well, Maybe you need to realign what's important to you. Is a brand new car important to you? Is a brand new house important to you? Or what, what is inner comfort, inner joy, what's most comfortable to you? So it's all about asking yourself what's, you know, most important to you and then doing what feels right for you. Because at the end of the day, I don't have all the answers. I come from the same world you come from. I am beguiled and puzzled by the same uh, moral queries that you are probably puzzled by. I have no greater understanding of, uh, of, of, of the universe or the afterlife is, than, than anyone else. So your guess is good as mine. But what I will say is that the happiest people in life are those that are most calm. The ones that have the fewest material needs and uh, essentially the ones who uh, find inner joy 
despite their circumstances and know how to radiate that outward to others and to live a life greater than yourself, frankly. I think that's what it boils down to, is to live your life uh, not just for yourself, but uh, how can you create a life where you can help as many people as possible? That doesn't mean that you shouldn't protect yourself, because at the end of the day, uh, a lot of empaths, a lot of sensitives uh, feel like that they have to take care of everything and take care of everyone. No, at the end of the day, you have to take care of, number one, you have to take care of yourself. Uh, all I'm saying, though, is is that you can uh, derive a lot of joy out of life by helping those that you care about and to create a world where we uh, think about helping one another and caring in a way where we all achieve and we all succeed. When we all succeed, we're all better for it. And when we create a better society, guess what? There are fewer problems in this world and therefore we can perpetuate that love and joy and equality together. It's not, it's, it, life's not easy, you guys, you, you know. Life is complex. And there's a million philosophies out there of, you know, hatefulness and, and selfishness. And so, for some people that works. Maybe because they got to the point where they got tired of having to help others because people were always taking advantage of them. But at the end of the day, I do believe what it boils down to is finding inner happiness and outer happiness will come eventually when you energize yourself. Energy is intention. So when your intentions are good, when your intentions are to heal, when your in intentions are to help, I do believe uh, the world becomes a better place and you will have a better life in the long run. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't protect yourself from those who seek to harm you. Anyways, so that's what I have, you guys. Um, religion philosophy, uh, <laughs> even books like The Jedi Path, whether real or fake, uh, you can derive real stuff out of it. There's entire religions like uh, Dudism and the Flying Spaghetti Monster that sort of mock religion in a way because uh, people take it too seriously and they get, you know, a little crazy with it. And um, at the end of the day, I do believe uh, the answer is... Uh, is take your uh, life seriously enough to uh, better yourself and better your circumstances, but don't take yourself and life so seriously that you forget to laugh, laugh at uh, your own mistakes, laugh at your own sense of um, ego and vanity. Uh, la learn to laugh at yourself, laugh at your um, imperfections. And uh, at the end of the day, inner joy comes because, you let go of your monsoon of needs. You let go of the, the tyrant of chaos and things out there that make us upset. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't care. It just means that we have to let go of the external world and focus in on the internal world so that we find that inner joy and comfort from within. And that once we learn to respond to the world rather than react to it, we are now the arbiters and we have taken agency over our minds and our uh, spirits to, to really achieve a, a new level of uh, uh, appreciation. Uh, but more than that, perhaps we might even find success uh, when we realize what being human is all about. 
at the end of the day, I don't have everything figured out. I don't uh, want to come off like a spiritual guru. I don't want to come off like somebody who has all of the answers. But I am old enough to know uh, a thing or two about life and how this works. And uh, you, you do start seeing patterns of what works and what doesn't work in this life. But uh, at the end of the day, what it really boils down to is finding a, an internal comfort and, and joy that really endures. And um, at the end of the day, there's no one way of doing that. You have to find what works for you. But Rebecca and I, we guys, we appreciate you guys so very much. We are just so grateful to be here to put on this show for you. And we are trying to perfect ourselves. Uh, we're trying to grow the show, grow the brand, but we're trying to do it on the up and up. We are not looking to take advantage of anyone. We are trying to align ourselves with the right thoughts and the right energy to create the right outcomes in our world. And that's what it's all about is just energies and tensions. And when you have the right energy, the right things come into your life. So thank you guys so very much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We got one more left for you this week. Bye-bye.